As the church in Indonesia prepares to host a series of major national and international events later this year and in 2017, we at Vatican Radio are spending time with church leaders there to learn more about the challenges they face and the hope they have for the success of their mission in their ethnically, culturally, and religiously diverse country. Vatican Radio's Stefano Lyshinsky spoke recently with Bishop Antonius Franciscus Subianto Bunyamin of Bandung Diocese in West Java, who is also the General Secretary of the Bishop's Conference of Indonesia. Bishop Bunyamin told us relations of the 100,000 Catholic faithful with the Muslim-majority population of his diocese are good, though not without difficulties especially regarding church-building plans and projects. In general, we don't have a serious problem with uh, Muslim uh, groups. In general, they are peaceful and we have a good relationship with them. But uh, there are always uh, groups or uh, some people who are very uh, fanatic, uh, trying to uh, uh, influence uh, peoples around the area where the church will be built. Even uh, some of them uh, give uh, strong warm. Uh, if uh, you uh, give a signature to allow the church, you will get problem in our society. So there is a problem of an issue of threatening people. Yes, if threaten, they, yeah. Also politicians, uh, local politicians, uh, yeah. uh, if they give permission to yeah. build churches yeah. in the area. How many are the Catholics in your uh, diocese? Uh, 100,000 uh, Catholics. Even you said that uh, there are some politicians, but not much, just a few, some politicians. Even some uh, local uh, leaders... Yeah, some local leaders in uh, that area. There are still very, 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 very few. But people are afraid. And uh, the, Bishop uh, Suhario said that if uh, the government is stronger in applying the rule, the situation will be better. Because in uh, in the sense of the rule, that it is feasible to build a church. But we have to communicate. Uh, and we don't want to force, even though we have right to uh, establish a, a building of, of the church, but we don't want to uh, force, because what we want is a peaceful situation. Yeah. We don't want to have a church and we don't have, uh, and then later we don't have any, a good relationship with them. No. What, uh, what become my concern is how to build a peaceful relation with them, even though a building of church is not allowed to build. Yeah. In your uh, diocese, you have problems with other uh, Christian groups or uh, uh, the, the uh, secretary yeah. to, uh, spoke about new religions yeah. uh, coming. Yeah. Uh, in the sense of relationship, we don't have a serious uh, relationship. But we notice there are some uh, new sects that try to proclaim 
the good news of the gospel door to door and it happened, it becomes a problem to us because in general many people who don't know differences between catholic and other uh, christian uh, sect they thought or they think that they are the same so that's why uh, we have a difficulty in building the church when we communicate with uh, the government even some people in government don't know well the differences between catholic and christians so they accuse you of proselytism uh, yes yes again proselyty evangelization so we are very careful uh, as well when we uh, we have a social activity we have to communicate well otherwise they will uh, accuse us of making evangelization and uh, asking inviting uh, to be a catholic we are very careful do, do you have the impression that uh, there is a sort of uh, growing of the islamic extremism in in the area where you are and uh, maybe connected to uh, isis or something like that uh, there was a rumor that there are some uh, fundamentalistic and extremist uh, groups coming to Bandung or to West Java. But until now, uh, I don't have any experience with them. How do you prepare your community to the next uh, uh, National Youth Day, uh, Catholic Youth yeah. Day? Uh, I give the advice that this uh, very huge, wonderful uh, meeting, Asian Youth Day, is not Uh, a kind of show of force but uh, it is a kind of a means or a way to dialogue with them because of that one of the program is to visit Muslim boarding school and to visit and making uh, make dialogues with uh, Islam uh, leaders if I understood well uh, the major danger is to be misunderstood in something that the Catholic world is trying to, to do or yeah. to build. Yeah. yeah, there are still many people who, are not, who do not have a good knowledge on Christianity, on Catholicity. Yeah. And they are easily influenced by a, cert, uh, by a certain group or certain people who have uh, no uh, good uh, intention. You told me before that it takes really a long time to get a permission yes. to build a church, isn't it? Uh, what is the, the most difficult experience that you finally uh, passed? Until now, we, we are still waiting. Yeah? So we haven't passed to get the, this, uh, that permission. The problem How is... How many years? Uh, more than uh, 10 years. Yeah, 11 years, 12 years. The problem is that there are, there are some funda- extremist group people coming to that area, influence them, and even treat them. If you give the permission, you will have problem. You are not Muslim. You want to become a, cat, a Christian. Yeah? And you have been a murtad if you give a signature. That was Vatican Radio's Stefano Lushinsky. He was speaking with Bishop Antonius Franciscus Subianto Bunyamin of Bandung Diocese in West Java. They were discussing the relations of Christians to the majority Muslim population in the diocese 
as well as the ongoing preparations for the celebration of Indonesian Youth Day scheduled for October 1st to October 6th of this year in Manadao and for Asian Youth Day from July 30th to August 6th, 2017 in Yogyakarta. St. Anthony's College in Kandy is one of the most prestigious Catholic schools in Sri Lanka. The government-assisted private school, which has a rich history of over 150 years, belongs to the Order of St. Benedict of the Silvestrian Congregation. Its management is under the Provincial Council of Central Province, one of the nine provinces of Sri Lanka. Among the several eminent personalities that have passed through the portals of St. Anthony's College are William Gopalawa, the first president of Sri Lanka, and legendary cricket spin bowler Muthaya Muralitharan. Well, to talk about St. Anthony's College is Father Clement Nyana Prakasam, the rector of St. Benedict's College, Candy, a private school that the Sylvestrian Benedictines started some ten years ago. Father Nyana Prakasam was recently in Rome on a visit, during which he spoke to us about St. Benedict's as well as St. Anthony's Colleges. He began by giving us a background to the presence of the Sylvestrian Benedictine Congregation in Sri Lanka. In 1845, Monsignor Bravi, an Italian, came to Sri Lanka. And then uh, we were able to evangelize the coastal areas uh, beginning from Colombo. Many churches were built and uh, many people were converted to Christianity. At the same time, in these coastal areas, there were the schools, as usual, the missionaries started schools or colleges for the people and uh, so from 1845 they worked on. Then later on uh, we came to the hill country called Kandy. There the monks came and uh, we had uh, an abbot, uh, many abbots of course. Uh, we called the abbacy, the present cathedral was known as the abbacy. And uh, Later on, when the diocesans were big in number, uh, we handed over the diocese to the diocesan clergy and uh, we came back to the monastery and uh, we started to work as a community in different places. For example, at the moment, we have schools, uh, particularly St. Anthony's College runs for about 170 odd years. And then uh, we have another school called St. Benedict's which is uh, celebrating its uh, 10th anniversary this year. We have many parishes in which uh, two, three uh, monks work together. We also work uh, as professors in the National Seminary of Sri Lanka, which is in Kandy. Uh, apart from that, uh, we cater to youth, youth apostolate, conduct uh, retreats, and uh, other apostolates. Yeah. Now, Father, as you have said, you are in several places. Could you specifically say north, south, east, west? You have also in the dioceses in the north, such as Jaffna and uh, on the eastern side, Trincomalee and all that. No, the Benedictines uh, found, uh, we have a house in the eastern province uh, of Batiklo. Uh, then in the north, in Jaffna, we don't have. Uh, in the northwestern province and also in the Diocese of Colombo we work. 
other than that our main forte is in candy could you explain the, the importance of candy in sri lanka yes it's a revered place for the buddhists because we have the tooth relic of lord buddha in candy and hundreds and thousands of people come there both locals and the foreigners to come and uh, worship at this place at the same time three fourth of the population in candy are buddhists and uh, you find uh, a minority of tamils muslims and uh, burghers christians catholics hindus and muslims are also found there of course we have to be very careful in uh, building or evangelizing in this area because uh, the buddhists are very conscious of uh, their religion and uh, any a buddhist coming to a catholic church sometimes it uh, gives a bad note a negative note to them thinking that we have converted we had quite a lot of problem in uh, sri lanka but the catholic bishops conference said that we don't have anything to do uh, in that manner which is uh, proselytizing yes now father um this famous college that you have there st anthony's college which was started by the benedictines and still belong to the yes. could you tell us it's it's a very revered institution of sri lanka in the yes. heart of sri lanka yeah uh, st uh, anthony's college is uh, over 170 years old the benedictines have held the reins as rector or principal and uh, st anthony's is a catholic college till about 1962 most of these schools were private in the whole island In 1962 Mr Bandaranaike the then uh, prime minister took over all the schools nationalized all the schools uh, St Anthony's went private till about 1976 and 1976 1977 was the time that our school was taken over and then it ran as a government school state school managed by the uh, benedictines Now, Father, this takeover by the government, nationalization of schools, according to you, has it spelled out well for the nation or for the ordinary people there with regard to quality education? Uh, yes and no. When the government takes over a school, there is a lot of uh, incentives like buildings are given, salaries are paid by the government. whereas the quality the discipline the ethics of the school has gone down because uh, political interference but uh, when there is a popular school say there are many catholic popular schools in the country they try to uh, admit everyone there because after 13 years when a child is leaving the school he should have a certificate that he has uh, followed the, the whole curriculum in uh, a catholic school so the tradition means a lot for uh, for a student to pass yes, out yes 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 uh, job wise career wise correct now how is the current situation how is it being managed benedictines and the government well uh, the community consists of six monks there there is one priest uh, who is the rector and there are others to assist it's not easy to work even though we go through with our catholic uh, programs that they allow they give the freedom and also the management gives equal freedom to other religions also so uh, when we have some function the others also have their own functions but uh, on the whole we are trying to get st anthony's college back privatized 
and uh, be managed by fully by the monks. That should be also the trend with other congregations who have had uh, private schools earlier. Yes, yes. Okay. Now, uh, Father, you've talked, you are the rector of St. Benedict. Uh, yeah. What made you start this St. Benedict besides this Anthony, which is already a big name? Actually, 10 years ago, somewhere in 2005-2006, we found that it was difficult for children to be admitted to St. Anthony's because the intake was little. And uh, there were so many who were left out, particularly the Catholics. So we thought we will start a school in a very simple way. And uh, there were 60 children of all the denominations. And today we have up to grade 10. So every year we augment one class, yes. And uh, we have 325 at the moment with 30 staff. And our school is in a village area in the compound of the monastery. And uh, we have very cordial relationship with the monks. And uh, I try to have all the religions, the equal rights. Now, Father, could you talk a little about St. Benedict's uh, financial setup? It's a private school. How do you manage here? Yeah. Our fees is uh, higher than all the government schools. But still, we try to give concession to poor people. We can manage for the moment with the fees we get. Sometimes we are at a loss. Usually in Sri Lanka, they charge something called a donation, an admission fee. So with that, we are able to cover the upkeep of the place and any extraordinary uh, expenses. Yes, yes, yes. We have a board of governance uh, headed by my own superior. And uh, there are others from the different institutions like other schools and from the ministry uh, who help us. Now, regarding St. Anthony's College, like any other country, um, there must be some very famous personalities who have gone through the portals of St. Anthony's. Yes, uh, there have been uh, quite a lot of uh, politicians who have gone uh, through the portals of St. Anthony's, uh, also engineers and doctors. But of course, everyone knows in the field of sports, Mutaya Murlidharan. Then even... Uh, Kumar Sangakkar, even though he was studying in another school uh, close to St. Anthony's, so they have uh, really brought out uh, the name of uh, St. Anthony's. Any ministers? Yes, in the olden uh, time. Even now we have uh, ministers of the past and the present who have gone through. Yes. Now, what is your future plan for St. Benedict's? Uh, Do you plan also to bring it up? to the status of, let's say, St. Anthony's? Yes, because um, it is 10 years and uh, we are hoping to have it uh, up to the advanced level, we call it, uh, for 13 years with uh, maths and science. Now, next year will be the first public exam. So we are working very hard at that and uh, praying that uh, they will show up. That was Sri Lankan Sylvestrian Benedictine priest Father Clement Jnana Prakasam, the rector of St. Benedict's College, Kandy, speaking about the prestigious St. Anthony's College of Kandy. In a few moments, you can listen to a musical meditation presented by Monsignor Philip Whitmore by the title of Hear Thy Children.
Have you ever suffered from a thing called writer's block? You've got a deadline for something you're meant to be writing. You sit at your desk and nothing comes. You stare at a blank piece of paper or an empty computer screen and you wonder how you're ever going to get started. It happens to composers too, and it often happened to that great English composer Sir Edward Elgar, especially towards the end of his life. When he was quite an old man in 1931, someone made a really good suggestion. Why don't you compose something using odd bits of music you wrote when you were young? Ideas you never really developed at the time. Elgar gave it a try, and the result was his nursery suite, dedicated to two young princesses, Elizabeth and Margaret, and their mother. Elgar jotted down a few notes about each movement in the suite. The first one, he said, should call up memories of happy and peaceful awakenings. The music flows in a serene way. A fragment of a hymn tune is introduced, a hymn written for little children when the composer was a youth. was about 21 when he wrote this hymn tune back in 1878. He probably wrote it for St George's Catholic Church in Worcester, where his father was organist at the time, and where he himself became organist seven years later. It was during this part of his life that he wrote some lovely small-scale church music that can easily be sung by parish choirs today. Some of you may know his fine setting of the Ave Verum Corpus, written in 1887. To go back to that hymn tune which the old man recalled from his youth, you remember he said he'd written it for children. And true enough, the words are an evening hymn written for children by Francis Stanfield. Hear thy children, gentle Jesus, while we breathe our evening prayer. Save us from all harm and danger, take us neath thy sheltering care.
don't believe anyone who tells you children don't like singing quality music. But it's true that it takes a special gift to write well for children. Elgar certainly had it. Even as an old man, the idea of composing a children's piece using fragments he jotted down over fifty years earlier gave him a new inspiration. The first movement of the nursery suite is about waking up in the morning. The hymn tune comes in quietly at first, then towards the end it's repeated more loudly and it dies away to a peaceful close. The day has begun. Monsignor Philip Whitmore is a music historian who's currently rector of the Venerable English College here in Rome.